We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could give this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Another late show. Don't get used to it. We're bringing it back to Wednesday starting next week. But since you guys have been so patient and stuck around for all of our shows, and really wanted our input, we're going to start throwing special stuff at you again. I have to do another fan appreciation episode here coming soon, and we're going to start mixing it up because we have busy schedules, but we're going to give you a weekly show on Wednesdays and some extra stuff along the way. Everything's picking up. Combat sports, hip-hop, it's summertime, so we got to... It's only right that we bring our A-game too and give you guys something special. But today, it's Kel Dansby here on Andres Hill. You heard the word from the sponsors. It's time for us to talk combat sports 
Yo, there's not a lot going on this weekend, but there's a lot going on, if that makes sense, Andreas. We have 211. We had a crazy press conference by the UFC. Um, not a lot of wrestling, unless you're a New Japan fan, in which it's about to get real. And then we have to recap boxing from last weekend. So let's start with the UFC presser from today. And it was dominated by John Jones and Daniel Cormier. Of course. So we got the fight booked. Uh, Jones Cormier, UFC 214, July 29th in Anaheim? <laughs> Question mark? Yeah, because I can't remember if it's 28th or 29th. But it's but that, yeah, the pressure today, obviously, um, a lot of heat between these two. And I, haven't, I just realized it's almost been three years since this feud started. And they've only had one fight. So, yeah. But each these time guys, we fall back into it. Every yeah. time the buildup gets us. Well, yeah, and this is no different. Um, I mean, these two, they, they want each other bad. They want, they want this fight bad. And, uh, you know, I think the, be the best part about what we saw today is Cormier is now comfortable in his position as the, uh, a guy who's going to get booed. And he's not going to try to play it up for the fans. He's just going to do him. And he, uh, he dropped the end bomb today, which I was like, whoa. Yo, I thought I heard that, but I was like, nah, no way. Yeah, so he's he's real. He kept it real today. Um, <laughs> and he got everybody's attention, and uh, the crowd was behind him too. So, you know, kudos to Cormier. I never understood why Cormier got booed so much in the first place. It just never made any sense to me. Um, but you know, John Jones with the ultimate comeback. I did cocaine the weekend that I fought you all weekend, yeah. and uh, you know, sand sand blowing uh, prostitutes. Yeah, things got interesting today. <laughs> Yeah, um, DC came with that fire, and now people are going to cheer him more because he's embracing the heel role. And this is all they wanted. They, they wanted this back and forth. John Jones, I, I don't know, man. It, it's the cocaine. He said, I beat you on cocaine the first time. And he was proud of it. He wore yeah, that what, shit like a badge on his chest. Does that mean that he's not going to beat him on cocaine this time? That's, I mean, that's No, he thing. didn't I say mean, that. Don't put words in his mouth. I'm just saying, if he if he doesn't beat the because look, he didn't look all that great against OSP. Call it Cage Russell, whatever you want, but he was off for a while against OSP. He won, but he wasn't terribly impressive, you know, like Jimmy Manuel was, for instance. So if he faces Daniel Cormier completely sober, is he like the drunken master? He's like Jackie Chan, the drunken master. <laughs> that he needs his dope to win a fight. Um, if he loses, he better go right back to the cocaine. I tell you that much. It's, it's no different than my argument for NFL players smoking weed. And people be like, oh, why does Josh Gordon have to smoke weed? They always get suspended and everything. It's, it's a mental thing. It's like, yo, if you smoked weed before every game to ease your anxiety since you were like 14, and then they suddenly tell you you can't smoke weed anymore, you don't know who you are as a person. Your anxiety is going to go through the roof. It's a crutch to make you perform to your highest ability. Now, is that ability in you all the time? Yeah, probably so. But it's a habit you develop to get to where you're at at the highest level. So if you take it to that same regard, John Jones has done coke for how long that we know of, let alone that we don't know of. And it was his ritual. He said as much. Gets stupid trash the week before the fight to give himself an excuse. He does cocaine, all this stuff. Mentally, are you the same when you cut that out and you don't have that crutch and you don't have the same rituals? It. It could affect him. He could give up the coke and be horrible. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it one way or the other. But that's not the only thing that stole the show today. Uh, Everybody Kevin, was fighting. 
Yeah, everybody was fighting, but the most significant one that caught everyone by surprise was Kevin Lee and Michael Chiesa actually going at it. And uh, Kevin Lee landed a right cross on, on Michael Chiesa after talking about his mama, which he wasn't really talking about his mom, but I guess Chiesa took it that way. Um, two interesting things that came out of this. For those who watched the press conference, one, you if you don't know, Kevin Lee trains in Las Vegas under the tutelage of Dewey Cooper, who also changed with uh, Jesse Vargas, my favorite boxer, uh, tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> um, and he also trains at Floyd Mayweather's gym. So if you listen to Kevin Lee talk, there's a lot of Floyd Mayweather and Adrian Broner in his conversation. And he even said hard work and dedication. Um, and he looked like a reject from the, the film, the warriors, uh, with his vest and his, <laughs> his beads. He looked crazy, but the outfit's probably 10 K right there. Don't sleep the on it. No, I've, we've seen this man's payouts. He's not like he said, his sunglasses were $3,000. I need to see a receipt because you, your payouts ain't that high. Get so how you Floyd? Floyd ain't buying that man. Though. Well, maybe he is because I mean, Dewey there, Cooper there were, breaking dope. Dewey ain't got it like that. I wouldn't. I mean, look, man, you're my boy. If I got cash, I'm not buying you three thousand dollars sunglasses. I might, you know, help you with a down payment for a car because that you can use that. But three thousand dollars sunglasses that got broke at the press conference—that's ridiculous. Um, but apparently, Legion and Kiesa were going at it. And Lee said, I know your mom bought tickets. And Kiesa was like, don't you talk about my mama. And I was like, word? And then they was, like, and then they would, you know, Kevin Lee was like, shut up. And they kept going. And then Kiesa, he looked for security, which was funny. He looked around for security and was like, I need one of y'all to step in because I'm about to go smash his, smack his bitch ass. Security didn't do nothing. So he started headed towards him. Kevin Lee was like, well, what's up then? Ran across the stage, socked him in the face. <laughs> now, now I want to see this fight. Like I, like I want to see the fight before because I've always thought Kevin Lee is a great talent. But now I'm really interested in this fight. Oh, they're two great finishers, though. So we knew uh, coming into the fight, someone wasn't leaving out of there. It wasn't going to the judges. Now it's guaranteed. Now it has fight at night written all over it. Um, man, it, it's going to be fun. And that's one thing I noticed with this press conference. It's the UFC has been in such a haze. This seems like it's going to be fun over the next couple of months. As long as everybody stays healthy. Uh, we had Amanda Nunez dressed in Tim's and a wife beater. <laughs> Yo, it's that's, like every, that's business attire. Every time, every fight since over the past year and a half, every time you see Amanda Nunez, she gets more and more butch. Like her, her, her attire went from like dresses. Now straight up sweats, Tims, and wife beaters. For what it's worth, though, she looks pretty good in it. I mean, she like, looks she's big a, as hell, too. Yeah, she's an attractive, like, butch chick. I, I see the appeal. I but, mean, it's not for me, but I understand it. Like, she's she got the tattoos popping. She was killing it today on the stage. Um, yeah, but she, she took a swing as well during the face-offs. Yeah, I mean, we got a rematch with Shevchenko, which a lot of people are looking forward to. It was a close first fight. Amanda won that one. But this one's very interesting. Uh, Shevchenko's got great stand-up. So I'm looking forward to this fight as well. It's going to be in Vegas, UFC 213. One fight that may not be in Las Vegas um, hasn't officially been taken off the card yet. But according to Cody Garbrandt's tweets, which were deleted a little bit later, he's having back issues. And he wasn't able to make it out to the presser. And then if you look on the UFC's page, they removed TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt from the main event. But they still have an announcement. So I don't know if we're going to get any news by the time we have our next show. But it's a possibility that the grudge match between Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw may not take place at UFC 213, which will really suck. 
Um, and I wish they would have been there because there would have been some furniture moving if those two showed up. <laughs> Every yo, the only thing disappointing was Weidman. Because Weidman was super buddy buddy and friendly, and I'm I'm not here for that. It didn't fit the theme. Yeah, well, I mean, somebody's got to be nice. And Gastelum and Weidman, which I, which is a great fight, by the way. Um, interestingly enough, I wonder where this leaves Gegard Mousasi because he doesn't have a fight. And he just, you know, does he fight Robert Whitaker now? Because it seems like they're going the Bisping-Romero route, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Not sure. But somebody's got to be nice. Well, Luke Rockhold um, called him out last night. He said if it's officially announced that it's Rockhold versus Romero, um, he wants Musasi at... 214. He put it on Instagram last night. He said he'll sign on the line as long as Romero gets the title shot. And they want a number one contender's fight. They just fight at the end of July for it. So, hmm. granted, he was on the beach halfway in the ocean while he said this shit. But he said it and he can't take it back. Yeah. So, so I'm interested. Uh, the other fight I'm really interested in is actually going to be at the. Is it going to be at the other fight? Ultimate Fighter finale, Justin Gaethje and Michael Johnson. Yeah, it's the headliner. Um, yes. So Gaethje's making his UFC debut. If anybody has not watched this man, go find yourself a World Series of Fighting fight and just watch this man. He's a savage. Late kicks. He's a, he's just a, he's a glutton for punishment, and he's fighting Michael Johnson. By the way, Michael Johnson had the most what the fuck moment out of this press conference because Michael Johnson proceeded to say, "I eat pieces. I eat shit like you whole." <laughs> And I was like, "Word!" He also said, I'm, "I'm coming in there to kill people." I coming in there. I was like, "Oh shit!" And Gage was like, "Kill me then!" And I'm like, "All right, this has gotten out of control." Yeah, he said but, that to the wrong person because obviously he hasn't watched Gage fight because he goes in there and he's perfectly fine getting killed. That's he, there is no defense in his fights. Yeah, so Michael Johnson with the shooter McGavin moment um, from Happy Gilmore talking about eating pieces of shit whole. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it just it just didn't sound right, and I don't, and he said it multiple times. It was like he he tried to kind of correct himself, but he was like, I eat I eat shit, I eat, I eat pieces of shit like you whole, like don't even chew. And I was like, dude, what? It's still no. not good trash talk. <laughs> no, it didn't work. I mean, I'm here for the fight, but you lost the trash talking uh, department of this one. Um, Joanna can't be overlooked, obviously, um, at weigh-ins later on. That was kind of nice and feisty, and she gave the paper championship away to Jessica. That was dope. It, the whole, I guess the whole production, what was it, two hours total with the yeah, theatrical cool. weigh-ins, um, it, it was really a good jump start to this next wave of UFC. Yeah, and Still no star fight. power, though. Yeah, it's it's still struggling. Um, you know, Conor McGregor's you know, he probably I don't know if he watched at home or not, but he's like, Everybody's taking my lines, ha ha ha. Like because everybody's just pretty much doing him now. Yep. Calling everybody out. But more power to him. Um Oh yeah, you're Rodriguez. We didn't talk about that. Well, we we got the whole UFC two eleven to talk about okay. now. Okay. Um oh yeah, I guess we just got transition. So we have main event, Stipe versus JDS. They look good on the scales, easy weights. Once again, these guys are light and quick heavyweights, if there is such a thing. So there was no worry about any one of them struggling to make weight. I think it goes a lot like the first fight. I think, now it doesn't go to the judges, but I think, you know, we see both of them get rocked. They rock each other, they survive, and then one of them wins third, fourth round by knockout. But I, I, don't, I don't see the first round flash knockout by any means. 
No, I don't. I don't either. Um, it's interesting. I spoke on a betting show today, and the line between uh, those two is JDS is a like a plus 120, and Miocic is only like a minus 140 favorite, which is kind of insane to me. Hmm. Let's go with the parlay. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of insane to me because I would just put a lot of money on Stephen Miocic because I figured he'd be almost a two to one favorite considering he washed Alistair over him and Junior Dos Santos got knocked out. Um, and JDS, not to say that he's regressing, but he's not the same fighter he was a couple of years ago. So, you know, his chin's been tested. He got ran over by Cain Velasquez. He got knocked out by Alistair Overeem. So, you know, he had a win with Ben Rothwell that put him right back in title contention in a relatively thin division. But, uh, you know, I think this fight is going gonna, is, is gonna to be very good. Two great kick, you know, strikers. Uh, JDS, an excellent kickboxer. Miocic um, is a solid wrestler, too, but there's going to be some hands thrown. I just think that... The durability of JDS is going to be in question. And somewhere in the middle eight rounds, uh, Stipe is going to probably come up with a knockout. Yeah, I have Stipe winning by TKO in the fourth early. Um, JDS just doesn't have enough fights. Two fights since the last time he fought Stipe. And that's two and a half years ago. One right. was a knockout and then one was the Rothwell. Uh, one was him getting knocked out by Overeem. The other one was him beating Rothwell. It's just not active enough. Stipe continuously fought he got better at fight after fight after fight and jds hasn't done anything um this is pretty much the kane isn't healthy enough to take this fight opponent yeah and i, I think it's it's going to have its good moments we saw reem kind of stumble uh you know stipe in their fight and for a second stipe was rocked but he came back and wrecked reem i expect the same thing because stipe can be hit but he can take one hell of a punch and recover so I yeah. expect him to do that. Um, in the co-main, Joanna versus Andrade. This one, to me, isn't difficult to call. Andrade looks way better moving down from bantamweight um, to strawweight. But I still think what flyweight is her future home. I think that's where she settles in best. And I don't think her level of competition has been anywhere near what she's about to see in Joanna. Yeah, I mean, I agree. There's a couple of things here that, you know, people talk about Jessica Andrade in her last fight against Angela Hill and, you know, how good she's looked since coming down the straw weight. However, she's given up about four inches in height, three and a half inches in reach, and she's a wide puncher. She throws wide looping punches. Joanna throws stuff right down the middle. Um, she's a range fighter with, it, with her jab. She's a great kickboxer. I, and then plus the conditioning. It, 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 people don't talk about this enough. Joanna's conditioning, especially looking at the Claudia Galdea fight um, at the Ultimate Fighter finale last year, where she had to come from behind being down two rounds to win that fight. I don't think Jessica can dig that deep. As the fight drags on, it's just going to get worse for her. If she can't get rid of uh, Joanna early, she's going to be in for a long night. She might get stopped. Hey, I said that same thing on a radio show earlier. <laughs> it's just uh, you can have good cardio. And we saw with Angela Hill, it went a long time in that fight. It went the distance, but it wasn't at Joanna's pace. It's not a five round fight either. True. And, but when you fight Joanna, it's a whole different pace. It's, you can't keep that up for 25 minutes. It's just, it, no one in that division is capable of doing so. So either you finish her or you're going to lose. It's the John Jones treatment at this point. Either you finish her or you're going to lose. Cause you can't match that output, that striking for 25 minutes. So I have Joanna winning by decision because I don't think Joanna gets her out of here. But I think it's going to be exciting. Um, I think it's going to be a clinic. And Andrade just hasn't faced anyone on the level of Joanna. 
Angela Hill, she's funny. She's great. Her Twitter is, you know, top tier in the UFC. She does a little video game character things at the weigh-ins. But honestly, she lost three of her last UFC fights before getting sent to Invicta, won a championship, came back and lost her return. And that woman gave, or, you know, she lasted throughout the entire fight with Andrade and at certain points gave Andrade a, a fit with returning and counterpunching and everything. So they had a great fight, but if that's the caliber of fighter that Andrade is, if that's the level she's on, she's still three steps behind Joanna. Yeah, I, I don't think Andrade has as much of a shot at all. And this is another fight. I think the line was, you know, uh, Joanna was like a minus 150. And I was like, how? Like, oh, she should be a prohibitive favorite here. So, a little surprise. You're going to have me go bet in the morning. Just drop some dough down. Just a hundred on, on the on the favorites on the parlay. It's, it's, it's a, the favorites is a mess. We'll talk about another one here shortly. So who are we going to next? Well, next we have Frankie Edgar versus Yair. Um, ah, there it is. That's the one I, I was wanted to talk about. Oh, man. So <laughs> I'm glad you didn't listen to my radio spot this morning because you were busy uh, doing work at Champions and editing and such. But I picked Frankie Edgar because. To beat Frankie Edgar, you have to be a champion or a future champion. I'm not sure if Yair is there yet. And Frankie only... Look, Aldo has his number. Outside of that, not too many people do. So I'm not picking Frankie to lose to many people. I I think Frankie Holloway is a toss-up, and Holloway is a great fighter. So I I don't think Yair is there yet. I think Frankie wins. I think Frankie outlasts him in this fight. And the fact that it's a three-round fight, that's cake for Frankie. Frankie doesn't know what to do with himself in a three-round fight. I, I, I have to check the stats, but I don't think he's had a three-round fight in like four years. It's, it's been quite a while. Oh, uh, well, no. He headlined against Cub Swanson. Yeah, you're probably right. He headlined against other- BJ Penn. He, yeah. Two title fights. I don't think he's had one in four years. Yeah, he's always ready for this. Yeah, this is the other fight. It was another fight that Frankie Yeager is like a minus 125. And I'm like, dude. How? Yair Rodriguez had a not necessarily a difficult time, but he had some challenges with Alex Caceres. Somebody I think Frankie Edgar would get out of there immediately. Um, so that being said, you know, Yair, you beat up BJ Penn. Okay, so who doesn't beat up BJ Penn? Uh, <laughs> so he doesn't necessarily, you know, Andre Feely, it's like there isn't necessarily somebody on his resume. You know, at least Cody Garbrandt before he fought Dominic Cruz had Thomas Almeida, who was just knocking people the fuck out. He doesn't have one of those on his resume. And Frankie Edgar is, yes, he doesn't lose to anybody who's not a champion. He lost twice to Benson Henderson and twice to Jose Aldo in the past few years. That's it. Everybody else, like, Cub Swanson, as great as Cub Swanson is, made him like an amateur in that fight. You know, and and Yair Rodriguez, even though he has solid wrestling, I don't think he can deal with Frankie's wrestling. I think Frankie's conditioning, I think everything that Frankie brings to the table makes us a very, very tough for Yair Rodriguez. Um, and th- I have Frankie Edgar winning a decision and pretty handily. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Frankie could tap him because we haven't seen Yair on the ground, really. Um, and Frankie could live down there. He's a be- you know, he's a beast. I said it on, on that show earlier. I was like, you know what? I- I've been very vocal about Frankie Edgar fights not doing it for him. He just doesn't do it for me. Right. Um, but there's something to say about being so good. And so dominant against your opponents that you bore someone. So yeah. it's not a knock all the time. If I say Frankie Edgar doesn't do it for me, 
it's just because a lot of the time when it's not against the upper echelon, the creme de la creme of fighters, the top 1% of fighters, he runs through people and he makes it look easy, which bores me. So that's probably the best compliment I can give Frankie Edgar. So his fights still don't do it for me, but I still think he wins this fight because he's not a gatekeeper yet. The, the guy is yeah. still a beast. Um, look at Jeremy Stevens thought he had all the answers. It's not happening. Oh, and I guess his last fight was a three-round fight against Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, his last fight. And then before that, it was 2013 against Charles 2013. Oliveira. So it was four years if you discount the November fight. So, I mean, the guys have five-round, five-round. I mean, all his fights, he's had that one in 2014. To get another non-five-round fight before then, you have to go back to 2009. So, yeah. yeah, 2009 against Matt Veach, 2014 against Oliveira, and then Jeremy Stevens. Three three-round fights in almost a decade. The guy's a monster. Yeah, the guy's built for this. So I'm not going to pick on you for saying Frankie doesn't do it for you because I love Frankie. I think he's an excellent fighter. He doesn't, but it's the best compliment I can give him just because he literally makes it look easy yeah, against yeah. this competition. Look, I said I'm going to let you off the hook. Don't even talk about <laughs> it. Um, but. Yeah, this this is easy work. In my opinion, easy work for Frankie Edgar. All right, next one. We lost a fight on the card before we go to the next one. A fight yeah. that I was really looking forward to. Um, you know, it to me, it was one of those, you know, Mighty Mouse needs another, another I guess, test going through. And I really thought um, we were going to see that in the flyweight fight. But for some reason, who got hurt? Now that I think about it. Well, Henry Cejudo's Cejudo one. got hurt. Yes. Yeah. Cejudo, and he tweeted pictures of his hand. And I, I forgot which one got hurt. That's how That tells you how much I've been working. But, um, yeah, Cejudo got hurt. He had to pull out of the fight. That's kind of whack. I was looking forward to that. The replacement now for that fight, uh, David Branch moves up. And his debut, not Eddie Alvarez versus Dustin Poirier. His debut is now on the main card. Yeah, and I, I think they wanted to keep the prelims, you know, keep that the spotlight between Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier on the prelims. So I'm perfectly fine with Jocko and Branch moving up to the main card. I'm excited to see David Branch fight. I mean, the guy, pretty much after he left the UFC, um, after losing the Rusman Palharas, who knee bars everybody, he kind of went on a little tour, then he ended up in World Series of Fighting, um, and he started at one, and he became the company's two-division champion. Before Conor McGregor, there was David Branch. And... <laughs> He remained undefeated his entire tenure at World Series of Fighting. For He hasn't lost since 2012, and that was against Rumble. So it's like, dude, th this is, this is going to be interesting. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing David Branch as a middleweight fight, see where he, he lands in this pretty stacked division. It's pretty top-heavy. But I'm picking him to beat Christoph Jocko, even though Jocko's only lost one fight. Jocko's looked really good recently, but it's just it just feels like the grind of, of, of David Branch is on another level right now. I have Jocko beating David Branch. Um, once again, Jocko's lost one fight. I don't take anything away from David Branch. I know his record. He's been on a tear. But it seems like the guys who come over from Bellator, World Series Fighting, it seems like they always lose the first one. The, the lights of the UFC, the emotion, everything. I don't know. Something gets to them. And all these guys drop their first one. So I'm just not bucking the trend. I think he That's loses fair. this one, and then he just, you know, he goes on and gets his wit about him, and he knows what the UFC is about, and then we get to see the true David Branch. Um, I skipped over completely. You were just going to let me just ride with this shit. Damian Maya versus Jorge Masvidal. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. That's A lot of people stupid. forget about Damian Maya. I'm sorry, Damian. I don't want to be like everyone else. I apologize. This is why the man don't got a title shot. 
Yeah. Um, this was a tough fight. And it, originally, a lot of people were like, ah, Damian Maya, he's on a roll. He's going to watch him. Dude, Jorge Masvidal is a completely competent grappler, an excellent striker with some great takedown defense. These are all recipes for disaster for Damian Maya. Um, and for the record, I'm picking Masvidal. I've been wavering back and forth. I picked Maya originally, but as, as the weeks go on, I'm just curious how long can Maya stand up with Masvidal? Because Masvidal, I mean, he cleaned out Cowboy Cerrone's clock, um, and he's got great hands, and Maya's never been an excellent striker. He's just going to have to get him to the ground quick. The longer this fight goes, the more likely Masvidal is going to win. I disagree. I, I think you're giving you're giving a submission specialist 15 minutes to land a submission. That's pretty damn good. Damian Maya, to me, and I say this all the time when we talk about him, he's the best jujitsu practitioner slash wrestler in the UFC. Like, no other jujitsu guy can get people to the ground effectively with a single or a double leg. They all have to either get punched and end up on the ground, and someone's stupid enough to jump on them, or they punch the other guy, go to the ground, and submit them. Damian Maya can land a single, double. He has great wrestling. I, I think he taps Jorge Masvidal in the first. Mm. I would, it's going to be tough, man. I, I just, I, I'm a believer in Masvidal's takedown defense. So and, like, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, but, um, but I am picking Masvidal on this Yeah, fight. to me, to beat Maya, you have to be tall and rangy and fight from a distance. Masvidal is none of those things. He's aggressive. He's shorter. He wants to close the space and knock people out. And when you get close to Damian Maya, it's the worst thing you can do. The best thing you can do is circle. Circle, dance, keep him at a distance, outpoint him. You get into his wheelhouse, it's a whole, a whole bad night for you. So that's why I think Masvidal loses. Um, to the prelims, Eddie Alvarez versus Dustin Poirier. It is the Conor McGregor knock me out cup. It is the Conor touch my chin championship. Uh, they try to come back. Oh, what is Eddie going to do, man? He looked good on the scales. I mean, should I count that? No. <laughs> so uh, I still have a winner in this fight. To me, Eddie Alvarez at his top is better than 95% of the lightweight division. It's just Conor McGregor's a different beast. He talks you out of your game. He actively gets you to do things you know are stupid. You spend three months watching film, maybe a year watching film, because you know eventually you're going to have to fight this man. And then you get into the octagon, throw all that shit out, win out the window, know that you hate this man, rush him, and get knocked out. So I'm not counting it against Oh, this is a tough fight for me to pick because I've been a believer in Dustin Poirier way before, like when he debuted in the UFC. Um, and I felt like he came a long way. I mean, he tapped Max Holloway. I was there for that in 2012. You know, he's lost some tough fights. He lost to Chainsaw and Jung. He lost to Cope Swanson. Um, obviously, he lost to Conor McGregor. And he lost to Michael Johnson recently. He got knocked out. But he's tall, he's rangy, and that lightweight, he's dangerous. Um, and, and Alvarez is a grinder, as we've seen in his fights with Anthony Pettis. Uh, you know, he fought Cowboy Cerrone. He's a grinder who's got a pretty sturdy chin. It's, it, this is a really hard fight for me to pick because I just don't know how it's going to end. I, I, I really who's, – whose game plan is going to get implemented? Is Poirier going to keep the range? Is he going to be able to grapple him? Or is Alvarez just going to grind him and keep him grinded up against the cage and, and use some ground and pound? I'm not really sure which way this goes. Um, so on the show, it's just i got to make it a prediction. I'm going to go out on a limb and pick Dustin Poirier. Not with a lot of confidence. Um, the rest of the card is actually pretty good. 
I mean, it's going to be entertaining. We really don't have to pick him. I'm looking forward to seeing James Vick fight again. Um, to me, I, I like his fights. He's a finisher. I, I think he's really good. So he's always a name when it's on a card. It always piques my interest. So that's, the, you know, UFC 211. We talked about all the craziness happening around there. Um, by the time we have our next show, Cyborg might have a fight. It's probably not who she wants to fight. I don't know what they're doing with Cyborg. I don't know if an interim title is good enough. It's not, but we'll see. And then they pay her buttload. So give her the money. Cyborg will fight four times in a year if you let her. So if you promise Cyborg, like, yo, go grab this interim. It's in L.A. or it's in Anaheim. Do it in front of the, the Cali crowd that you like. Come back, you know, in October on the GSP card or whatever. We'll let you run. We'll give you Deronimae. She can't run from you forever. You take the outright belt. And then, you know, hopefully Amanda's still champion after that. And maybe you guys can run it. Champion versus champion or something. Or then you bring up, you know, the Invicta champion, the facer, or whatever it may be. It's a pretty easy run with Cyborg. The first one is the doozy. Yeah, I mean, they've been talking about giving her Kat Zingano, so we'll see what happens there. Obviously, Kat Zingano looks like she can make 145 with ease, but, you know, who yeah. knows what they're doing. And Cyborg made a good point. She, Kat Zingano was a 125-pound champion in, in Invicta. Um, she's fought well at 135, but still she's had her trouble with, you know, the look at what Ronda did to her. Just, she's been good, but she hasn't been dominant in that weight class. And then you want her to move up if I cyborg? Eh, it's tough. It's tough sledding. Tough. You got to build the 145 division. I understand 125 is a lot easier, but if you're going to have 145, don't have it a sideshow for cyborg because she turns into Butterbean real quick if you do that shit. True indeed. So that's UFC for right now. Um, we're not taking breaks, people. We, we've waited long enough for this show. We're going to go straight through. Next up, boxing. We just covered Canelo versus Chavez Jr. Chavez Jr. had one hell of a week. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Chavez who was who I thought he was, and I think he, he was with we all thought he was. He seemed like he was motivated. He came out there and he didn't do shit. Well, he's just and not that talented. Wanna... Well, look, look. There's, there's a difference between not being talented and not doing shit. And Chavez was a do-nothing bitch in this fight because he <laughs> threw nothing. Like, well, he had opportunities to throw punches, at least throw a damn punch. Um, Canelo was extremely dominant, won every minute of every single round, in my opinion, and cruised to a unanimous decision victory in a fight that was probably one of the biggest rivalries between two Mexican fighters in history. One of the biggest rivalries between this, a legend in the making and the son of a legend. And it was a completely one-way traffic. It was boring as shit. Chavez didn't get, I mean, Canelo didn't get the knockout. He looked good, uh, but, I mean, it was very reminiscent of Sergio Martinez versus Chavez without the 12th round drama. Yeah, you can't, you can't knock out someone when they don't engage with you. It's very hard to just chase someone and then get a knockout, you know? He did the best he could. I don't blame that at all on Canelo. I think the fight was boring, but I don't blame Canelo for that. He even used the little Mayweather tricks to, you know, make someone feel good, lean up against the rope, just take body punches, cover your head and block the body punches with your elbows because you're not tired at all and make them feel confident enough, like, oh, my God, he's, I'm hitting him, I'm hitting him. And then they open up and you just rock him. Um, Chavez Jr., when it was time to open up, he ate one uppercut and ran. So yeah, that this, was the end of that strategy. This was like a, uh, 
a very well done heist. Because Chavez, he makes three million on his purse, and I think he walks. Away, he cleared six million on the night. Speaking and, and this, of heist, though, he got robbed. For what it's worth, is <laughs> yeah. allegedly his hotel room got robbed yesterday, yesterday or Wednesday, I believe. Um, the same day that pictures came out with him with a bunch of medium quality, and I'm being generous, ladies of the night. So, you robbed a bank. I mean, this is what you do when you rob a bank. No, you mm-hmm. rob a bank. You go get the top quality. This is Vegas. Well, There's some yeah. quality in the streets of Vegas. Like, come on. You're not. This ain't Hunts Point. Shout out to all my New York people. This isn't yeah. Hunts Point. You got, it's Vegas. You're on the strip. How about you don't, you know, back page it. You don't call, like, you know, the little chicks on the billboards or the little pamphlet guys flapping shit at you in the neon shirts. Leave those alone. How about you go and get yourself a professional service? You have a, you know, a couple of the high-priced ladies come through. You just need two or three. He went and got like, yo, who's in the casino right now? Like yeah. you, 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 and you. Two hundred dollars for a half hour. Let's go. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, he, dude, he's frugal man. with his heist. Apparently so. I'm just saying. Man took away six million dollars. Hadn't won a significant fight in five years. And, yeah, he's frugal. I mean, it's, you know, he's from Mexico. I mean, you know, shit, that money goes a long way. I'm sure they he's have like better a, quality in Tijuana than what he had in his room. I'm sure of it, too. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what his wife and kid thought about that. Yo, does he have a wife? Yes, he does. Oh, that's horrible, because there was clear just ass-outness in that video. Yeah, so, like, the reason why I know he has, like, wife, kids, family, so he had to shame the whole family with the fight and then this. But from my vantage point where I was sitting ringside, I sat there and I, I had to watch his entire family yelling at him the entire fight. Yo, like, his wife and kids were at the fight. Everybody I was there. about that. Yeah. Chavez <laughs> Sr.'s at the fight and they're all ringside. Like in my line of vision where I was sitting at from ringside, which because I was towards uh, Chavez's corner, I could see his family just yelling nasty things to him. <laughs> like they were not pleased <laughs> with this performance. So Chavez is like, fuck it, I got $6 million. I didn't really earn it. I shouldn't have got $6 million. Because who do you know doesn't win a fight, a significant fight, in five years and gets a $6 million paycheck? You know what? The hell with it. Like, if your wife, your, your moms, your dad, everyone's yelling at you at the corner, and you just got $6 million, you might be like, yo, I'm getting out of here. I just want to do hood rat shit with my friends. That's what he did. He did hood rat shit with his friends. Who knows if we'll <laughs> ever see Chavez fight again? This probably is, this is likely his last significant payday. So is his Maidana? He's out. Yeah. Why do why continue to do this? You're not really that good to begin with. Um, you, even motivated, so-called motivated, you, you didn't do shit. So take your money, go back to Mexico, trick off. All signs point to the pay-per-view doing over a million buys, which is As big I said, for Canelo. Yep. I told people this, and people were like, "No, it's not going to do a million. I was like, "Dude." You're underestimating the buying power of the Hispanic audience. They're going to buy this fight. This was a big fight. There was no UFC this weekend. There was no major sporting event in its way. You know, the NBA playoffs, but, you know, this round of the NBA playoffs has been a wash anyway. Um, so, yeah, a million buys, not surprised. Our black folk need to do better. I need to go on black Twitter and just rant. Because why are we streaming everything? Do Hispanic fans not stream? I need answers to this. Because I saw nothing but black people watching this fight. Ain't not one of y'all paid. Let's just put it on a carpet. Everybody's streaming stuff. Or they got the fire stick. We need to do better. 
Yeah, it's true. Everybody does it. The fire stick. Yeah, but we don't. Shit. We don't. You know, we don't support the the up and coming black fighter. That's why no, there's no blacks support. on pay per view. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's a whole other conversation itself. We really don't have time to get into why black <laughs> fighters don't do well on pay per view. But yeah, the Mexican buying audience buys fights. We fire stick them. And, I mean, we've been burned. You know what I'm saying? We feel like we got burned for whoever paid for Mayweather Pacquiao. If you pay for a Mayweather fight the last few years and we're expecting action, you got burned. You haven't seen Mayweather knock anybody out since Victor Ortiz. So you're not really comfortable, you know, buying a pay-per-view fight. Like, even Andre Ward and Sergey Kovalev was like, you got burned because Kovalev, some people are like, oh, Ward's going to knock him out. You don't watch enough boxing. This is a Mayweather duplicate. So it's like you're going to see the similar ugly kind of fight. Unless you really appreciate what's going on in the ring, the only like true exciting African American fighters are out there are like Terrence Crawford. He's exciting. Watch him. But one nobody time, knows who he is. One time and, was exciting. Yeah, one time Sean Porter, but like you know, like Terrence Crawford's fighting this weekend, and who's going to be watching? I'm going to be watching. I, I didn't even know he was fighting. Yeah, he's fighting Felix Diaz this weekend at Madison Square Garden, oh. which I'm excited to see. I should have um, probably uh, knew that. I probably got to write about that for champions. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> yeah, so it's pre- pretty, pretty significant fight there. Diaz, an Olympic Olympian. Um, you know, Crawford biding his time before he can get a big fight. So other than that, you know, two Mexicans fighting, that's a big deal. People are going to pay for that. Like, they, they sold out T-Mobile. The atmosphere in Vegas was amazing. Um, it was like, it was single to mile weekend out here. It was like, dude, it was great. But Chavez shit the bed. But then, to salvage all of that, we got the WWE-style intro to Gennady Golovkin. Um, <laughs> he and was Taker. Form- it was like Undertaker coming up. Yeah, they, they formally announced uh, Triple G and Canelo for September 16th. And the boxing world rejoiced. Um, I mean, I'm excited. I'm happy for it. I wasn't too sure it was going to happen. I thought we might see Canelo and David Lemieux. But uh, Tom Lofo did say that you know he was working on something he told me while ago in private they was working on something so i guess this is it so now we we got it we got the big fight september 16th yeah i mean i'm excited for it canelo didn't look that big compared to triple g i thought he would look bigger um to me triple g you know even after his fights after his way he doesn't rehydrate crazy and this was canelo after he fought at 164 and being allowed to rehydrate i thought he'd look a lot bigger he didn't no, he he he's not like he's big, but I mean, thing about Gennady Golovkin is he's kind of very similar to Floyd Mayweather and how they prepare for fights. They are really stay at their fighting weight. Gennady doesn't get too big. He doesn't even get too much bigger than one seventy. So this is who he is. So yeah, we got the fight. We got a little hokey intro and uh, we got the, the little the, the little confetti. Like it was ridiculous to me because I was like, yeah, confetti and all this shit. I was like. But they got the fight. So here's the question. Your your tweet about disrespect, first of all, was right on point. They disrespected Chavez so dirty. Oh, yeah. They had, I mean, dude, they had the the confetti cannons loaded. They had two video packages. Not one. Two (laughs) video packages ready. They had, like, the the, the smoke thing. They had took Gennady out the arena. Like, yo. He had the Goldberg entrance from the back. Yeah, they, they gave Chavez no chance in hell. Like, if Chavez would have blown this, man, they would have taken the confetti and take it all home. Like, they didn't. It's so disrespectful to Chavez. So, here's my million-dollar question. We got the fight, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it in the weeks and weeks, in the months to, before September 16th lands. Does this incense Floyd Mayweather to fight 
McGregor to upstage this fight because they're fighting on Mexican Independence Day, which is regularly known as Floyd Mayweather Month. Um, well, Dana so White think, said as much, right? Dana White said that was the date they right, were going so for. Does this? Do you think Floyd Mayweather pushes to get this fight made, or does he say forget it? Um, I don't think he says forget it. I think Dana White is posturing, so I don't. I've talked to like three people, and all they ask me is, "Oh my God, if they don't get it done this weekend, it's not going to get done." And it's like, what? Like, what are you? What are you talking about? Have you been around Dana White before? When was the last time Dana White told the truth? Let's start with that. Like, he just the guy lies all the time. He's a promoter. He's supposed to say what's good for business. He's posturing publicly. You just don't posture with Floyd Mayweather. Because Mayweather knows. He's smart enough to know. He holds all the chips. It's just a fact of the matter. So Mayweather can sit back and wait. And the UFC will blink before he will. Um, and I think the UFC blinks fast. I think I if they can get what they usually generate from a 1 million buy pay-per-view. Which would what? Be GSP type pay-per-views? Not Connor. Somewhere around whatever John Jones DC is going to bring them, right? If they can get that to just step away, they got to pull the trigger with no I, overhead costs. I wouldn't. Not for that price. Um, so here, here's my thing. I wrote a, I wrote a column today for boxing scene where I basically said that I don't want to see Mayweather McGregor happen this year. And if it doesn't happen this year, it shouldn't happen at all. Nothing should get in the way of promoting Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez. And all Mayweather and McGregor will do is throw a monkey wrench in everything because all the attention will go to this bullshit boxing match that nobody cares. Well, nobody, people will care about it as an event, but it won't be competitive in the ring and will upstage probably one of the most competitive boxing matches that we've waited to see in such a long time. I don't want to see Mayweather and McGregor. I don't want to see him announce a date. I don't want to see anything near this fight because it's going to ruin it for everybody. I, I think, think about it. If they fight, they fight September 9th. But that that's that's terrible for for Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez, and oh, I, yeah. I mean it's the in, death blow in, in the worst way possible because I don't think I don't like to to get involved and run a promotional tour can, at the same time parallel to Gennady Golovkin and Triple G. I mean Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez, it's going to hurt because anybody with a brain knows that Canelo and Triple G is the best fight out there that can possibly be made in boxing today by far. And this is what we've been waiting for for a little bit over a year. And we fortunately are getting it sooner rather than later. And Mayweather McGregor's not competitive at all. It's all spectacle. The only thing that's going to be entertaining is the build-up to the fight. The night of the fight is going to be shit, just like the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight was. But at least we expected that one to be be better. Anybody with a brain knows that the fight's not going to be good. It is going to go for probably 80 bucks, 90 bucks on pay-per-view, which means people are not going to spend any money the following weekend if it was to be September 9th. Correct. On Canelo and Triple G. I don't think it'll be September 9th. Well, that's how you bury them. If you're spiteful, that's how you bury them. And you move them away from Vegas. Because there's no way if Mayweather versus McGregor is in T-Mobile on September 9th, there's no way that De La Hoya turns right back around and brings that fight to Vegas on September 16th. 
Listen well, up. It won't because matter. we so need he, help putting out the show. You don't think it gets done. It doesn't get done. It's not going to happen on September 9th. Just get that out. No, nobody likes filling out surveys. If it does happen, it'd be like, I think at this point, you're looking at October and November. I think again, I think they're still far away from making this I think there's too many things going on here. You know, with Nate Diaz saying what he's saying, like I said in the last show. We you have to worry, like, you pay Conor McGregor all this money. Like is this he even going to come back? We really need you to right? And then and what good does this do for anybody at this point? Like, Floyd yeah, Mayweather retires. Once we know more about just you, we'll be able to deliver the sport of boxing suffers from about. getting a shitty Finding fight. Sponsors who are good McGregor's rich, we give you he doesn't come back to the UFC. Brands you care you know, about. He, he may take a bunch of time off and spend it with his son. Congratulations, Conor McGregor. You just had a baby boy. If you don't care about helping us and making this I don't think he'll be in a rush to come back and make free I think everybody loses Except for the, do it for the free. people do it who are directly gifts. involved not, in the know, promotion of this fight. The sport of boxing doing, suffers. It's a chance to win. Also, so please, do do us a solid like and go to the corner. Survey.com. Once again, that's yes. the corner. Maybe the package. It's going to have an undercard. Like I just interviewed Javante Davis. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like. Who cares? We can keep it all funky. Maybe the package. Undercards only matter to people like us. No general casual boxing fan ever watches the we're going to be bringing you Ever. this for free for Usually a long, you have a fight time. party so and everybody is talking and bullshitting and drinking and playing cards and shooting the breeze and talking to broads while the undercards are happening. Main event happens, everybody sits down and shuts up. But none of that's going to matter. Like Mayweather Pacquiao, it didn't matter who was on the other card except to us. But all the people, do you even remember who was on the undercard? Um... Exactly. No. So, like, hold on. You didn't even give me a long time to think. That's unfair. But, but, but that's my point. Like, it's, it doesn't matter. So Mayweather, like Mayweather Pacquiao ruined boxing for a lot of people because it was a terrible fight that people waited six years for and were bored out of their minds. Right. And boxing fan, you know, diehard boxing people like myself, we knew what was going to happen. Just maybe not to that degree, but we knew Mayweather should easily win that fight. But it hurts. So if you put Mayweather and McGregor in a fight, dude, come on. You know this is not going to be a, a terribly exciting fight. It'll probably be a clinic by Floyd Mayweather, made a little bit ugly by Conor McGregor trying to grab him and looking like an idiot. It just it won't look good for boxing. However, Canelo and Triple G is a fight that you can show to somebody who's never really watched boxing before, and you can turn them into a fan based off of that fight. We're allegedly. But I, I don't see how it goes wrong, right? Yeah, I mean— Boy, right. more than likely, somebody's either going to get knocked out or it's just going to be really brutal. I, I, these two have never been in a boring fight. No, I don't even, expect that to change against each other. No, so it's like if you put on Mayweather-McGregor, like you're taking steam out of the promotion, you're hurting the sport. Like, dude, and if you're Floyd Mayweather and you care about Javante Davis and if you care about boxing, at some point you just got to say, fuck it. I don't need to do this fight. Like, <laughs> Let the young guys grow. Yeah, let boxing grow because Canelo and Triple G is the fight that everybody wants. It's the biggest fight that can be made in boxing. Like outside of this, the only other big fight that could possibly happen is an Anthony Joshua. Deontay uh, Wilder. Right, but that won't even come close to. I I argue that if that happens in a year, it's bigger than Canelo Triple G. If they if they build it correctly, it's bigger. They got they got a long way to go to build it correctly because neither year, year and a half, right? Like yeah, but they got to fight on pay per view, and neither of them have done so. I, I More, think Joshua does great numbers on pay per view if they put him on there. I think he doesn't. You want to know why? Because why? Europeans aren't in America buying pay per views. That's true. Mexicans are. That's true. Right. That's why Canelo does so well. So it's like in Deontay Wilder, he's black and American. He's not. Nobody's buying his pay per view. 
So I think it would do decent numbers, and I think it would be a great atmosphere, but I don't think it would be b- bigger than Canelo and Triple G. It's not something that fight fans would be. And it feels like we waited on Canelo and Triple G for years. It's only really been like a year and a half. But Wilder and Joshua, yeah, we kind of want to see it, but I don't see anybody you know, falling over themselves to see that fight. I don't know. I feel like heavyweight boxing and the appeal by then would be so, so strong, as long as they don't take an L, that it'd be crazy. It, it, that, I think, would trump it at that time. Because there's just a, a nostalgia to heavyweight boxing. That appeal, it, it's, a, it's a gravitation that I just can't explain. And I, I think that's why. And you've got two knockout artists. You know that's not going the distance. It's very similar. Um, to, I mean, look at People went nuts over Joshua Klitschko. And that was, you know, across the pond and all this. So you put that fight in Vegas, you give it the proper build. They're on Sports Center. They're, you know, on first take. They're on whatever the hell Skip Show is and all this stuff. It'll be hard to deny. And you give Wilder that spotlight, he's going to talk. And, yeah, we saw that, and we saw that same thing from Joshua. Joshua hasn't been quiet either. He talks that talk too. Yeah, but that fight was on <laughs> HBO. Do you think like Joshua Klitschko would have done anything on pay-per-view? No, but shit. going going forward, if there's a rematch, I think they do 500. I don't think so. <clears throat> I think they do 500. It does more than Gennady numbers, and he does three. Gennady doesn't even do three. Gennady didn't even do two. Oh, I thought Gennady does three. Mm-mm. No, Canelo Liam Smith did like 350, and that's Canelo. That's like a horrible Josh- fight, though. Joshua Klitschko, rematch, pay-per-view? Mm. Like, I mean, even like Ward Kovalev did under two so it's like you're asking for a lot to have two foreigners because they, they got to promote the fight in the states yeah the training yeah. camps are overseas so it's like there's a lot of factors into promoting a fight between two overseas fighters coming to the states uh so yeah i don't see that happening but my point is is that i, I just kind of hope that conor mcgregor and floyd mayweather doesn't happen i don't want to see this fight happen and i've said it people will be like oh you're a hater but what what the fuck am i getting out of this we it's get like, we get the circus tent we get a uh, shake shack gift cards again but we also um, get the we get the bullshit. Like there's a lot of I bullshit. It, it'll be more bullshit than Pacquiao weekend because the Irish fans are a lot crazier than the Filipino fans. Like, did we? I don't know if we ever really talked in depth about how horrible Mayweather Pacquiao weekend was that whole week. No, we got to break it down. Like, what the two year anniversary just passed? Yeah, like I think I don't know. Like, I'm you know, listeners, if you're out there listening, tweet us. Um, if you've been listening for a long time, or if you're just curious, if you want us to talk about this, we'll talk about this on a future show. I will go terribly in depth on how awful it was being <laughs> a reporter that particular. Like people are like, oh, it's the biggest fight, and it, and you're excited, and the week's building up. Then the week happens, and I was like, fuck this, fuck this fight, fuck this build up, fuck these interviews. Like, yo, I was so <laughs> sick of it. Like, and then then it happened, and the fight was trash. I was like, oh my god. What a whole! It was terrible. Yo, Ter- I, my memories from that week are great, though. As bad as it was, as tired as I was, because we couldn't sleep, we didn't do anything. Um, I mean, shit was going on from the media center. We did radio row for that fight too, but people were in the media center at seven a.m. for those fights. Uh, they had the tents. I remember I had my name on the chair though. I was like, "Oh, swag!" And then I had to like just fucking try to creep behind you to all the secret. They had like the secret interviews and stuff. Not mm. to just squeeze in behind you, like yo, I'm with him. Oh, yeah. those are the days. It was like the club. It was like being like in the tunnel <laughs> back in the day. No, that shit was a that was a <laughs> nightmare. And then I mean, even fight night, because you know, a lot of media 
didn't were, didn't get the opportunity to be ringside for that fight. I was fortunate. I got to be ringside for that fight. Raise and my was, hand. I was not. I had to be in the little media room. But you know, people were like, "Oh, you didn't get in, dude." There was so many people who, did, who were in that tent. <laughs> it was like I've been covering Mayweather fights for ten years, so it's like, dude, they, they were going to give me a credential. But shit, like I broke my Mac that weekend. Oh man, <laughs> Yo, I forgot about that. Oh god. But we uh, had man, we had live shows. We did three shows in three days. From the MGM, from the Cowboy Bar. Yeah, that we had crazy guests. We got. I don't know what's worse. I don't like. Well, I know what's worse because parking, traffic, everything was terrible for me with the Pacquiao. That was bad. But those UFC events that that what we're about to go into, fortunately, it's only two fights instead of three. Those are pretty rough too. That was tiring because we had like open workouts and everything on Mondays. Yeah, so it, was, that, it started the full week. Yo, that when was it? That Thursday is the roughest. Because it starts at 9 a.m. and it's all the way through 12. Didn't they have like an Invicta card one of those times too? Oh my God. Yo, they, they had everything. I, I went to the little conference, the International Fight Week, uh, what is that, convention. And I went and I watched like Tough Enough in the Jiu-Jitsu tournaments one day. And I was dead ass tired. That was like on a Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, it's it's dude. It's people, it is it's a lot. So if Mayweather, like Mayweather McGregor, sounds good, like for if you're just a person who wants to come to Vegas and lose your mind, yeah, it's great to do that. But for the working people like myself, yo, it's awful. It is right. so bad because no, it's, it's just awful for the people who just want to come too. Because there was a people who came with no intention of going to the fight, couldn't get a ticket anyway because it was priced out because it was oh. all corporate. So they just came to be hooligans out here. And I had to wait an hour and a half for a table that cost $6,000. Yeah, you're a better man than me. I wasn't coming out that night. Y'all could have it. After me with the pack, I was like, I'm going home. I was like, stupid I- drunk that night, though. Beyonce and Jay-Z was there. Swiss Beats was doing a DJ set. I remember walking out at 4.30 a.m. with a Magnum bottle of Grey Goose. Un- unopened. They were giving doggy bags. I was like, yo. So I, yo, I was driving you. the whip with a Magnum bottle of Grey Goose in my right hand like it was a fucking hip-hop video. You are contradicting everything that I'm saying right now. Because there's people listening right now. Like, <laughs> it, it, it sounds great. It's not great. Like, it, <laughs> I promise you. It sounds way better than it is when you're like living it. That shit was... That takes years off your life. Like That was... Something you really shouldn't experience. Like it, it, it's not. It's not good. It was six thousand dollars, and we had an outside corner table. <laughs> like, like uh, I wish I could pull up the blueprint of Marquee. It's like inside oh, DJ yeah. booth wraps around outside, outside bar, outside stage. To the right of that is where we had a table. Six thousand dollars. But at least I had the hookup, so it wasn't like, yo, you pay for the table, then you got to pay for shit. So, I mean, at least it was a 6000 minimum. So it was like, yo, you got to spend $6,000, and the table's free. So oh, we just boy. bought $6,000 worth of liquor and some yeah, hoodies. I, can't. I still got a marquee hoodie. That shit was like $80, but we had to reach the middle. You don't leave I, money yeah. on the table. Duh, I don't I don't know how y'all do that. Like, a table, like I've been to marquee. People are like, Who the, when's marquee? I went to marquee for drake for new year's and had a table there my table was inside but it wasn't inside to the point where you could see drake on stage like i had to go upstairs we had a table downstairs and i don't know how much it was but they just kept bringing us liquor but i just remember being <laughs> in the club and i remember i was like yo i gotta go to the bathroom 
And it was like a two-hour trek to try to get to the bathroom because there was so many people in the club. I'm not built for the club life anymore. So and on nights like that, because once when you're in your like early 20s, you want to be in the atmosphere and you want to be involved. So like maybe with the Pacquiao weekend, it's like, dude, I want to party. I want to do these parties. I want to do this. And then you don't care that the club is crowded. You're just happy that you're there. When you get older, you want a table. You want to sit down. You want to have space. I can't go out on those nights. It's just ridiculous. It's stupid. It's so packed. Listen, I don't I was, know how you do. I was 25, I think. I still didn't like that shit. I was 26. Yo, if we get real in-depth, we got to do a show. Like, just an in-depth show on it. Because, yeah, the, just that one night for me was bananas. Like, I can just talk about that one night. People be like, yo, it sounds so amazing. I'm like, no, that shit's horrible. Yeah. Never again do I want to do that. But I do wish Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather fight happens just to see the circus. I won't be, like, knee-deep in the extracurriculars this time. Like, if people know me now, like, I don't even drive to events anymore. I'm not trying to hang out after. If you want to see me, meet me by Shake Shack. Like, we can link up. We could talk. Catch me during the prelims. That That's that's my chat, you know, and talk to everybody time. Afterwards, my girl comes. She picks me up. I hop right in the whip, right outside, and we come right back to Henderson, man. Get me far away from the strip. We go chill at a bar over here, but I'm not trying to be anywhere in the city. That that one weekend was enough for me. And this time, I can't even imagine. We won't be out of there until 2. 2? That's being generous. <laughs> Maybe. The post-fight presser alone, I would have to do three articles. at least, And I might be lowballing. Yeah. Just because imagine if Conor loses what he's going to say. What if he says, you know, the UFC now has to pay me $30 million to fight? And then Dana would tweet. And then Mayweather's talking about a rematch because it was so... Well, let it be somewhat competitive because Mayweather allows it. What if he Maidana's it? Like Maidana won. And allows Connor. So what? It brings intrigue for a rematch. Imagine if they run it back again in May. I don't want to talk about this. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't even wrap my head around this. So that's boxing right now. Um, It's crazy. We don't know what's going on in the future, but... 2017 has been great for hardcore boxing fans, and we might have a sideshow, so that's really good. Pro wrestling, not much to talk about in WWE, same old shit. Nakamura debuts yeah. next weekend, so our next show will be about Backlash, and SmackDown's actually pretty good. Um, WWE. Is it? it? It's not horrible. Raw is horrible. Raw lost, the, Raw lost the one good thing. Mm, I'd say one of the two only good things it has, Raw lost. And Alexa Bliss can't carry the whole damn thing on her five one shoulders. Yo, the smack look, the WrestleMania hangover is real. And usually like after post WrestleMania, you run into this like dark patch or like two months before like Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. But yo, it's so bad. Like Raw was so bad this week. And SmackDown wasn't that much better. Like watching SmackDown, I was like, who cares? Like they're turning Charlotte. Both AJ Styles and Charlotte are about to be baby faces. Jinder Mahal is a finisher that doesn't look like it would hurt my like my nephew. Yeah, like, the finisher <laughs> is horrible, but I do like Jinder Mahal as a character now. I mean, I'm pulling for just, him over Orton. It just if if this isn't a sustained thing with Jinder Mahal, then I don't care. Like, you know, going back to Raw, like what do we have? We had Roman Reigns jumping out to fight Brunch. Both of them are hurt. Uh, Kalisto looking like Pentagon Jr. or El or Drago from Drago, yeah. Underground. It's like, man, this is so dumb. And, I mean, Cruz, your boy. Ugh, that was stupid. Ambrose and Miz, we've seen this before. That was stupid. 
uh, Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins. Like, I'm not even into this feud anymore. Yeah. I just, I'm over it. Like, I'm over all of this. Sheamus and Cesaro as heels, which I guess is kind of cool that they ran through everybody in that tag team, you know, uh, whatever it was, tag team circuit. And it, it led to the last tag team being the Golden Truth. Hmm. You know, people were like, oh, they might get their chance. No, Cesaro and Sheamus won. Just like <laughs> Rizango, you know, getting a legitimate tag team title run on SmackDown. You know, both. I like shows. what they're doing, though. Like, do you not I, like the fashion report? Well, so here's my thing. I enjoy, I, I've always liked Tyler Breeze. I liked them in NXT. As a tag team, I think they're cool. My problem is, is that once it's over, it's over. Like, he's Slater and Rhino. There's no sustainability with Breezango. No, as soon as they lose. And then have them turn on each other and break them into singles, guys, again. Uh, I don't, but then they, they'll be lost. Like, we'll never see him again. Like, he's Slater and Rhino. Won the tag team titles, like a feel-good story, and then they just really just went away. And it's like, it's going to be the same thing with Brizongo, because, you know, the Usos cutting that weird promo, 12 days, 12, and I was like, oh. No, God. that's funny. The, Uso, the Usos in full effect. You can't get more hood right now on television than the Usos. Like, it, this is all just a holding pattern for the New Day to come back. Um, AJ Styles is a babyface I just find to be kind of weird, because there's really nothing to justify it. It just kind of happened. Um, Sammy Zayn being like this goofball, it's, eh, I'm not too pleased with it. And this all, like, Sammy got better at talking with the goofball angle. I think it's funny. I don't like the goofball. Like I want him to win. Can he win some matches, please? He could be a goofball and win. Yeah, sure. Like I just think like the goofy personality is like his best character so far. I don't like it at all. I don't want a Santino Morella. Like I don't, I don't want none of that out of my out of Sammy Zayn. I like to see Sammy Zayn as an underdog. Daniel Bryan was losing matches as an underdog, but. You would root, cheer him on because he could wrestle. Like having Sammy cut these goofy promos. Like I'm basically summarizing both Raw and SmackDown as being shit shows. Uh, Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor it sounds good. Like all of this is just bad. Which they might pass on now. Um, dirt sheet alert! Dirt sheet alert! Um, they're saying that now that Braun Strowman is injured, all road and house shows are being repackaged for Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns. Christ. And they moved him away from Finn Balor starting yesterday. So, so what direction are they moving Finn Balor in? I don't know. I, hopefully, it's just for house shows because you know Wyatt and Reigns have uh, a history, so it doesn't take a long time for someone new to learn Roman stuff. And maybe Finn doesn't have to wrestle as much on house shows, or you could protect them in tag teams and such um, to keep them healthy. Amazing. But None it, it doesn't continue sense. the storyline. Usually, at house shows, you want to continue your storyline. Um, I mean, that you have on television, but whatever. House shows are where you work on your stuff. Like, the house shows are where you get your practice in. Yeah. House shows are where you try and experiment. Like, when we saw Asuka and Ember Moon uh, last year at an NXT show, we got to see them work on what would essentially become the title match. So why wouldn't Finn and, ah, fuck the WWE, basically. <laughs> How about that? All right. So it's just, it's not good. Before we go, real quick, New Japan, best of the Super Juniors, card is stacked. Starting off, I believe today, if you guys are, it's Friday, um, if not, catch up on Saturday before the UFC or on Sunday when you have shit else to do because there's no WWE pay-per-view. But Ricochet and Will Ospreay open it up and Block A is still bananas. So make sure you guys watch that. All right, everybody, before we continue to talk, Man, Marty Skrull's debut, ACH debut, it's going to be great. 
Casper mattresses combined. Is two that this weekend? Yeah. Know, like as we're speaking, ROH in, in New Japan's War of the Worlds is on right now. Um, oh, so maybe it's man. next. No, excuse me, next it's weekend because like, it's the day after my birthday. My birthday is Thursday the 18th. It starts May 19th. How we get our sleep. So there you, you go. That Friday. So, so it's not Casper this weekend. I thought it was tonight. That is wrong. Tonight is ROH. Next and returns to the U.S. and Canada. Best Shout out dreams. to the Great North. Yeah, so we can talk about that a little bit more in depth next week. And I, I plan on watching the entire Super Juniors tournament, like I do. Look, dude, uh, you G1. spend like, like a third of your life sleeping. Is it possible Super Juniors is trying out a match before you commit? Look, so if you aren't satisfied with nothing, as much as I love Super Juniors, you know, like hundred days of sleeping. By the time I think I know about like my matches. So get a Casper match. I mean, it could be. I mean, it's, it's really unfair how stacked it is, especially on block A. Even though block A is solid, Dragon Lee, Marty Skrull, Osprey, Ricochet, the corner, and, and they are promo loaded. Code, the corner. Oh, that's Casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to say fifty dollars towards a Casper purchase. Yeah, the only one that like matters is tonight, and these things are the other ones are just you know they're just kind of like tour stuff, road stuff. But yeah. So, I mean, we'll talk about Roar of the Worlds because I plan on watching it tomorrow morning. Um, we, we'll continue to talk about how bad Raw SmackDown is. We'll preview b- Backlash because Nakamura will finally debut against uh, Dolph Ziggler. Oh, God. Which, that's not going bad. That's going to be a good match. No, it's just, man, like I said. It really took just, the wind out of your sails. <laughs> you, you, just, need, you need Best of the Super Juniors next weekend to perk up your wrestling, your wrestling mojo. Yeah, like, dude, uh, Ember Moon's out of the, uh, the the NXT TakeOver show. She <laughs> got brutally thrown out of the ring by Asuka last week. Oh, that looks ugly. But Ruby Rose is the truth, so that match is still going to be really good. Yeah, but Asuka's going to retain. It's too predictable. There's no way Asuka's going to lose that fight, that match. Um, well, actually, but, uh, someone else can get pinned, right? So it's a normal triple threat now. It's not elimination style. So Ruby Rose can actually pin, um, what's her name, from Sanity. And, yeah, and win the belt. I mean, it's Why a way to get the belt that? off of Oscar and with her, without her technically losing. Not, but they got to continue the Ember Moon Oscar story for That's the true. title. There's yeah. no other way that goes. Um, the only thing that was really like NXT was it was decent this week. The Roderick Strong Dale Tommy match was actually pretty damn good. Um, yeah, NXT Takeover should be solid. Looking forward to it. I wish Ember Moon was on that card, but we'll talk about that. But main roster, man. If y'all don't like me trashing WWE on this podcast, get used to it because it's going to be rough for the next <laughs> few weeks. Until they figure it out with Braun Strowman out, this is going to be a rough few weeks. But I will gl- gladly talk about New Japan and indie wrestling. I'm watching PWG as we're speaking. I believe it. So we'll, we'll check back on all of this next week. Thank you guys for listening. Um, tomorrow is Saturday. If you're listening to this on Saturday to get our predictions Today, I'm going to try out something brand as new, and I want to try to live stream during the UFC event. So if it works out, we'll start coordinating shit so maybe me and Andreas can live stream during wrestling events and so on and so forth. And we'll start having special live episodes of The Corner on Sundays during these events as like a little change up going forward. Um, Just because you guys probably just want to hear us talk trash during these events and old man Andreas get really pissed. Watching WWE main roster wrestling. So we're going to try it out this weekend. Thank you guys for supporting. Follow us on social. Wow. Follow us on social media at the corner LSN on all platforms. Me at Kel Dansby. Him at Andreas Hale. We're going to talk to we're going to talk him into changing his name to old man Andreas officially on all platforms. We're getting there. Um, 
Till next week, though, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.